Hi, welcome to another episode of Sports Doc Sports. Uh, today's an exciting day. We're going to talk about deep venous thrombosis, uh, how it affects certain athletes and people who um, uh, not only are professional athletes, but also the weekend warrior and plus the guys who are just and women who are particularly active on a daily basis. So today I'm excited to introduce my guest today. I have Dr. Montgomery, board certified interventional radiologist who does tremendous amount of uh, endovascular or vein work and arterial work and uh, actually an ex- uh, he's an expert in this field. So um, Aaron, any, uh, let's, how about introducing yourself? I'm uh, Aaron Montgomery. I uh, got into uh, interventional radiology as kind of a non-invasive way or minimally invasive way of treating people. Um, throughout my career, we've developed into different avenues. Um, it's gone from when I was a resident, somebody had a blood clot, you put them on uh, heparin, and then you gave them Coumadin, they had special diets, and since then, we've progressed to the point where we can actually extract the clots, suck them out, do various things to, you know, help people. So, it's, you know... It's kind of a cool field because it is always evolving. Right. It's, um, it's truly an evolution. And so let's start with that. So let's talk about the, the, the DVT or the deep venous thrombosis. So um, in your experience and what I've seen also from people is that who's at higher risk? The biggest risk factors are uh, the smokers, your sedentary people, uh, obesity, uh, you have birth control um, and, uh, you know, just immobility. Another thing is dehydration. Uh, right. So those are our biggest risk factors for it. Right. And people with cancer, of course. But yeah. I think for our talk, we're going to talk about more people who are in the athletic arena. And so um, birth control for females, right, big, yes. t- big time. And then uh, not so much immobility, but if someone has an injury, right, so they have trauma to a limb, uh, they're at a higher risk. And then people who are maybe trauma in a, in a some type of immobilizing cast or, or, or boot yes. or... Orthopedic injuries. Right. Those are uh, one of the top reasons behind cancer, uh, just because they're immobile. Right. So, so let's talk about that. So let's talk about birth control first. So um, how often do you see uh, young women who are active women in their daily lives that present with a, with a blood clot? Quite often. Uh, that is one of the things that uh, they feel like they're doing everything right, and the biggest times we see it is when you have a young female uh, that's also a smoker and on birth control. Right. Uh, that's just double trouble. It's almost like you're asking for it. Right. So normally uh, what I've read, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like four times greater chance of if you're on birth control, oral birth control, uh, contraceptive birth control, uh, four times higher for a, a deep venous thrombosis. But if you smoke on top of that, it just magnifies it even more, correct? correct? And uh, testosterone for men, uh, if it is unchecked, that they can get very high levels where men who are doing testosterone replacement therapy it's not being monitored correctly, they are prone to it as well. Right. So some of the older athletes that we might, I might run into also, guys who have low testosterone levels, taking a you know, minimal dose but obviously also puts them at risk. So um, I, I asked you earlier, it's kind of a, a thing that I really want you to talk about. So people, you'll see people who present with a leg swelling or something, and they think, what, what do they tell you? Hey. 
oh, I just, I, I strained this. I did this. Um, you know, they think of every other possible excuse. DVTs, I believe it is, DVTs and PEs, they have 900,000 cases a year. Yeah. Um, you know, the and the mortality rates uh, greater than breast cancer and AIDS combined. Right. So if that DVT or that blood clot goes to the lung, we call it a pulmonary embolus, that's when it becomes life-threatening. Correct. And the problem is everybody thinks of something else. It's this that's causing it. It's that that's causing it. And everybody wants to overlook that. So that becomes a big problem. And, you know, especially in the athletes, uh, you know, the risk factors that I just mentioned, you know, obesity, sedentary lifestyle, immobilization, you know, all those things typically, and smoking, typically do not apply to the athlete. Right. But they may be the ones who have that familial inherited problem they could have that or they go and they have this weekend where they go mountain biking and they got a four-hour car ride back home they've dehydrated themselves um by the bike ride plus they don't want to drink in the car because they don't want to have to make any stops so they're sedentary for that four hours coming back and they end up and they think well i just overworked my calf Mm -hmm. and they ride it off Right. And unfortunately, when they go to the primary care doctor or, you know, see, everybody else kind of is along with them thinking, yeah, it probably is. Meanwhile, it's the beginning of a DVT or the blood clot. Right. And so the 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 athlete leads his primary care physician down the down the road of it's just a strain right so which is you know what we see more of obviously than a blood clot but so let's go into it so somebody presents and they get diagnosed with a blood clot and they say hey listen i'm going to send you to see the interventional radiology so what do you do at that point at that point we see how extensive it is um the old way of treating it was just put you on blood thinners and you take blood thinners for three months, if it was just unprovoked, if it was provoked, or excuse me, if it was unprovoked, it's six months. Um, the uh, provoked ones, okay, it's a little bit shorter time because we know why it happened. So that was the old way of treatment. The majority, and by majority, I mean like 80% of those never dissolve. So they don't travel, they no longer become a threat to you, but they are still there. And they can lead to issues further down the line. If they are extensive enough, then we can go in and we can actually suck out those clots to restore the valve function in the veins and get you back to normal. Right. So when you say troubles down the line, like chronic leg swelling? Chronic leg swelling, you have varicosities, which have this recurrent pain, uh, which is what they call superficial thrombophlebitis that costs over believe the number is somewhere around 10 to 12 billion dollars a year to the u.s government from people coming back in because of the pain thinking they have another clot when it's just the inflammation right so that's becomes more of the the difficulty with the the non-treated and since the, nowadays we've really kind of evolved into this more invasive that becomes restorative, in fact, right? So you can Correct. get back to your baseline. So you'll um, do an ultrasound on these patients that come to your office? We start off with an ultrasound and see what we're dealing with. Um, the old ways of thinking about 
the clot. We would do, if it was extensive, we would do a heparin. We would admit the patient to the hospital. And then we would give this drug called Coumadin. Coumadin, you, you had to regulate the levels. So it had to be a lot more extensive. Now the newer anticoagulants are a lot safer. So we're a lot more liberal in giving them just something for a small clot and let's get this resolved uh, before it gets worse. Right. Uh, so we're a lot more proactive with the anticoagulation. Right. So people are listening. So heparin is intravenous. So we keep them in the hospital on an intravenous blood clot, I mean, uh, anticoagulant, and then transfer them to the oral. But now we can start it right away, even in the emergency room, on these newer agents that don't have to be monitored with blood tests. So how about your interventions? Let's talk about those for a sec. Uh, with the interventions, we have several devices. We have um, ones that go, and we typically start from around the ankle or behind the knee and because we have the valves in the veins, which keep blood from pooling down and us all having elephant legs. Uh, so uh, we want to go with the valves. So we have one uh, device that is like a power washer on the front side and a vacuum on the back. And, you know, this thing is power washing on the front, an inch behind it has the portals, and it creates these eddy currents to suction that out. Uh, We often combine that with a drug that dissolves blood clots. So if anything breaks loose, it's already infiltrated with the stuff, so it will dissolve. Um, The uh, other device we have are pure just catheters that are just suction alone and we go up with this larger device and just suction the uh, stuff out. So that really depends on how new the blood clot is, correct? Correct. So the the older it gets, the harder it gets. If you think about a blood clot, you cut your hand, you cut your finger, whatever, you see this gel form, which is the clot. Over time, that becomes a scab. Yeah, we all know how hard scabs are, how sticky they are. Well, that happens inside the body, however. It takes about three to four weeks to get to the scab portion. And once you get to that portion, there is nothing we can do. So, you know, that is the big key when you have these people thinking, oh, I just, you know, twisted my ankle. And it's like, it's, you know, just kind of hurting, but -hmm. it's not. Well, people delay, delay, delay thinking it's something else. And at the point they show up, it could be too much. So this is a question that I'm sure you're going to answer because every doctor usually has somewhat of a different uh, response to it. So you have these patients you're following. Now, let's say you put them on a blood thinner for a short amount of time. They say, well, can I still exercise? Can I still do some sport, right? So obviously if it's a contact sport, you're out, right? We don't get anybody in there on a blood thinner with a contact sport. But as far as like let's say running or bicycling or – uh, swimming, any restrictions that you tell your patients? I tell them to hold off until we can get a new baseline. Um, I don't want anything really active going on. Let the clot dissolve. If we're doing anything that could stimulate that clot breaking loose and going to the lungs, which that can be fatal, uh, I say, no, take it easy. Uh, How long? Typically, I will bring somebody back in a month's time and reevaluate and see how it's looking. If it is still the same, has not changed one bit, or it is dissolving, then I say resume. 
Right. Excellent. So that's not a long, and so that's enough to really keep them out of the danger zone and enough to keep them uh, uh, ready to go back to their baseline of exercise as well, or at least start back. Correct. And you put them back on a graduated progression of exercise? Um, typically, and for those that are really, you know, just they got to have that, you know, exercise, you know, endorphins. Yeah, you know it. I'm like, do upper body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so go right. for it. Cross training. Um, but, you know, what we don't want is people doing a lot of pounding exercise with the legs that can break stuff loose. Sure. So tell them just kind of ease into that portion. And most people, you know, especially the athletic group, they kind of know. They know their body. It's like, mm-hmm. okay, I cannot start off back you know, running eight miles like I did right. a month ago. They know to start off slow. So. And those people who are... Uh, have associated, let's say, orthopedic issue as well, right? So they had a fracture, so they're going to be guided by their orthopedic injury as well, correct? Correct. So how often do you see that, I mean, in your practice? Quite a bit. Um, the, uh, unfortunately, we do not see it often in time. Right. Um, you know, somebody is wrapped up in a cast, and they think, oh, man, I'm just having a rough go with this, and it's hard to visualize and it's just like it's over time like his swelling should have gone now by now okay well now we're six weeks into it and there's not much we can do right so that is one of the things and you know you know if i could you know tell people what to do it is you know you think you have swelling way more than you should you know you jacked your knee but god my whole ankle and foot swollen Maybe there's something more to right, this right. as opposed to people just, ah, it's just taking a little bit longer. I'm or getting in, a little older. Or increasing know. pain? Yes. Yeah, it's so definitely increasing pain. Uh, it can also be um, hot, so you'll feel your right. legs warm. But increasing pain, swelling, which is going further than just around the site of injury. Right. For, so do you actually, let's say someone comes in and they didn't really have a traumatic or, or an um, uh, orthopedic event or a, they're not on a birth control, will you um, have them do some blood work to check for familial problems? Not on the first go-around. Okay. Um, typically, it's an entire workup that is done, uh, but the first time they have a you know, clot, we treat it and then see what they have. And if it's the second time that they have a clot, right. then we are like, okay, we need to do the whole workup right. and uh, get everything going. Now, if somebody comes to me and says, you know, my aunt had problems. Right. Or they start, if you start probing a lot of them, it starts coming out of the woodwork that, oh, yeah. You know, I know one of my family members did. Then that is kind of an automatic. Now, a lot of the workup for the familial uh, problems, you have to be off the blood thinner. So we kind of delay it, and we will do it for the first go around. As soon as they get off their blood thinners and they're done with their treatment, then we'll test them for that. Right. Uh, you know, you just said where I, what I was going to say is that a lot of times I'll just probe a little bit of a history, and you'll get that like family member as well. So that kind of is a, a certain key. Um, that's great. So I, I definitely want to ask you just a couple of more questions to follow up. So we have them now. They're treated. They're going back, and they um, have no problems. So 
the biggest thing that I tell my patients, and I'm sure is the hydration status, right? I mean, that seems to be, and, and it goes back to this thing called Virchow's triad, which I, when I have my med students, I always ask them, that's a basic thing, right? So there's three things, obviously, right? One is stasis, one is, um, or decreased flow. The other is, is um, which is also going to be affected by hydration. One is um, endothelial or the inside of the vein injury, right? That's usually the traumatic ones. And then um, also familial or some type of risk, right? So um, do you recommend any type of hydration status on these people post-clot? Uh, post-clot, um, not necessarily. Um, they are... But we do kind of educate them on this is why this happened. Mm -hmm. Um, The other thing that we always say, and, you know, for the majority of Americans, uh, we travel by car. And I always tell them, you know, go two hours and stop. Mm -hmm. You know, get something to drink. And so, you know, most of us, we want to hop in the car and we want to get there and we will dehydrate ourselves the night before, and we will drive, try to drive until the gas tank runs out. Yeah. Um, and then we'll get a quick drink and drive the rest of the way. Well, no, you need to stop every two hours, and that way you don't feel bad, You know, especially if you're the passenger. Mm-hmm. Hey, i got to stop and pee. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, we need to do that. We need to get up. We need to move. And the other thing I tell them is tap to the beat, Right. You know, I yes, if you're driving, also use cruise, cruise control and take your foot off the gas and pump it around. Right. Move it around. Tap to the beat. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, my second podcast is uh, was bun- done by a pilot, like a long-haul airline pilot. And we talked about blood clots as well. And, what he, you know, he uses stockings when he's doing long trips, mm-hmm. compression stockings. I do as well. And so that helps. And then, obviously, when you're on a plane, you can get up and walk around. So that that's helpful. But, again, it all goes back to, to movement and, and motion. So I appreciate it. Uh, I really appreciate your time. I know I've been chasing you down for a while, and, but you are the expert in this. So anything you want to add? Um. You know, just, you know, the big, I think, takeaway is, you know, especially for the athletes, is don't discount that leg pain when it's, you know, you kind of know what a pulled muscle is, you know what a strained muscle is, but when it seems like it's a little out of proportion and I got a lot more swelling than I used to, Take it serious. Yeah, I agree. Um, right. So seek out that professional opinion, right? Absolutely. Don't put, it, don't put it on the back burner and say, oh, it'll go down whenever. So I agree with you there. Thank you. So uh, that's Dr. Montgomery, and he shared his expertise on uh, deep venous thrombosis. It's, it's the, the problem that does show itself even in our uh, athletic population. So oh, yeah. thank you very much for your time. All right. Thank you. And everyone, thanks again uh, to uh, listening to another episode of Sports Doc Sports. Stay healthy, stay strong, and be sweet.